That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Friday, December 22nd, 2023. It's not only Friday, it's not only three days before Christmas. It's time for our Intelligence Community Roundtable by popular demand. Larry Johnson and Ray McGovern join us, as is usually the case on Fridays. Gentlemen, welcome here. Always a pleasure. Mm -hmm. um, why don't we start with the, the most uh, recent glaring intelligence failure, and that's October 7th. Larry, we'll start with you. Uh, what did yeah, Mossad, what did the Israelis know? What did, where did they get it from? How, why didn't, how did they look the other way? Uh, the attack that Hamas carried out on October 7th was a well-planned military operation that had been in uh, under under preparation for for months, if not more than a year, and uh, Israeli intelligence analysts, all female apparently, uh, identified this as a threat, as likely to occur, reported it up their chain of command, and were ignored because one, there are there are girls, you know, women. What do they know? <laughs> so uh, Israel got caught completely with his pants down, and then as a result. Because uh, it's really important to emphasize that the, the Israeli narrative, which is a lie, is that this was an unprovoked terrorist attack, that Hamas was beheading babies, raping women. They were just on a murderous rampage. They had no uh, you know, control at all. And that's just not true. Uh, and in fact, the evidence that's come out since then has shown, number one, no baby. The only children that were killed were killed by the Israeli tanks shelling houses in which there were both Hamas fighters and Israeli civilians. Multiple Israeli eyewitnesses to that effect. Uh, th that's number one. Number two, the Hamas objective was primarily to do two things. Kill Israeli military personnel. They did that in a spectacular way against the Golani Brigade, which is one of the most elite units in, in the Israeli army. Killed 72 guys on that one day alone. And then kidnapped as many hostages as they could so they could both bring them back, use them as bargaining chips. I know that some have argued they also wanted to use them as bait to draw the Israeli military into a conflict in Gaza. So, you know, this is a, a tremendous black eye uh, for Israel. And this uh, they allowed it to happen through incompetence. How did uh, an entity as with, with the reputation that Mossad has, and maybe they don't deserve the <clears throat> reputation, Ray, I'll let you, of course, happily expound on that. But in the public's mind, Mossad is, is a sophisticated intelligence uh, entity. 
How did an entity like that ignore warnings or miss them? Well, a couple of reasons. Uh, one was that they had this really high-tech uh, monitoring device here that didn't really need any people, sort of AI-type thing, and they could rely on that to find out what's going to happen. Another thing is that Hamas executed incredible uh, security during the months and years prior to this, this, uh, this attack. And uh, the, uh, the Israelis were fat and happy. They were focused on the West Bank and the, the problems of political nature in, in Tel Aviv and in Jerusalem. And so they missed it. Uh, Larry's uh, rendition here is most important because the Israeli citizens are beginning to realize now what really happened and that the Israeli soldiers were shooting, uh, shooting indiscriminately, so to speak, and also that when three guys tried to surrender, they were shot dead. This is going to come back to haunt Netanyahu. I wouldn't give him another 10 days in office. Wow. Uh, pretty <laughs> remarkable prediction. Before we get into uh, Netanyahu, uh, Larry, what, what is the reaction internally in an intelligence community uh, or an intelligence agency when there's a failure as catastrophic as this? Do heads roll? Do people get fired? Do they reform the way they gather intelligence? Do they resort to human intelligence and reject AI? Do they point fingers at each other? As an example, Netanyahu has blamed Mossad and he has blamed the military, even though he is ultimately the commander of both. Yeah. No, it's what usually happens because these are large bureaucracies. Uh, they punish the innocent, promote the guilty. So Say that again, please, to make sure I heard they, it correctly. They punish the innocent and promote the guilty. Uh, I mean, it goes, it, 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 we saw it with it, Me Lai as an example. You know, Lieutenant William Kelly was the only one punished when, in fact, that entire chain of command knew what he was doing and it, and it authorized it. So, uh, so the same thing in the intelligence community. I would, I would actually anticipate that the, that the uh, the female intelligence analysts that tried to warn their boss will probably get written up with a bad report and won't get promoted. And meanwhile, the guys who ignored it, they'll get promoted. There, there's the, the, the problem, Judge, there's no accountability in these systems, particularly when they've become so politicized. Is um, uh, Mossad, Ray, uh, um, dangerously for the people that are supposed to be protecting, uh, addicted to AI rather than human intelligence. It's stated differently. Didn't they have people on the ground, sort of double agents, people in Hamas that they were buying off, that they had flipped so that they would at least have a warning as to what was happening? That's a good question. I can't believe that they didn't have uh, spies in Hamas itself question is, as Larry has suggested, whether the upper crust there, the people at the top, would take them seriously. Uh, we know from our own experience in Vietnam and other things that we had it right on really important issues, but the people at the top were unwilling to do battle with the U.S. Army at war and expose the U.S. Army for totally falsifying enemy figures. That happened, 67, 68 and it led to LBJ uh, not running for another term. That should happen again. I suggest it strongly to the White House. It's a good example. Why did you just, 
few minutes ago in your own inimitable way, just like the last comment you made, predict that Netanyahu will be gone in 10 days. You mean literally 10, 24-hour days? Well, uh, this is a guess, but he's in trouble deep inside Israel as well. And it really depends on how much pressure Blinken and and Biden would be willing to put on Netanyahu and how how willing he would be to defy that pressure and how willing his accomplices or his uh, companions would be to choose the U.S. example here rather than Netanyahu. It was a, uh, I used a very scientific method for this prediction. It's called the swag factor. Larry knows it well. It's army intelligence. It's the scientific wild ass guess. <laughs> so Larry, are Netanyahu and uh, Biden on a collision course? Uh, the, yes, but Netanyahu is going to keep doing what he wants to do. And the Biden administration showing showing zero desire to, to cut him off. You know, they've been sending these 2,000-pound bombs over there that Israel's been wantonly using against civilian targets, blowing up entire neighborhoods. Uh, so, you know, Israel's going to keep doing what it's doing. The problem that Israel, that Netanyahu's going to run into, one, the, the political pressure from the hostage families because the Israeli army is incompetent. They are poorly trained, poorly led, and they've been given rules of engagement that allow them to shoot unarmed people. As we is saw it essentially, just let me just stop you right here. Forgive me for interrupting. Is it essentially uh, an army of civilians and reservists as opposed yeah. to uh, prof professional uh, professional soldiers? Yeah, you can, you can have a decent reservist if they're properly trained. These guys are not properly trained. You guys, I've seen a number of videos. They're muzzle discipline. I mean, where you know where you point the end of the gun, they're pointing it at each other and others. And then we just got word yesterday that the the Golani Brigade, the one that suffered seventy two KIA on October seventh, have suffered so many additional casualties. They've been pulled off the line. Now Israel's not. Israel's going to great lengths to try to obfuscate how many casualties that they're really taking. And uh, they keep saying, oh, we're defeating Hamas, we're defeating Hamas. And yet most of the people they trot out to parade as Hamas prisoners are have nothing to do with Hamas. They're, they're simply Palestinians that are being, uh, that uh, violates the Geneva Convention. Here's um, Professor John uh, Mearsheimer on this show uh, yesterday with his analysis of how many people have been uh, slaughtered, uh, how many Gazans there, uh, Palestinians have been slaughtered by the IDF and, and who, who they are. First of all, the Israelis only control about 40% of Gaza. Just think about it. They control 40%. That means the other 60% uh, is territory where uh, Hamas can go and the Israelis can't get at them. Second, the Israelis have not captured any uh, hostages. That, that's quite surprising. If they haven't captured any hostages, that probably tells you a lot about their ability to find the Hamas fighters. Furthermore, if you look at the number of people that the Israelis have killed, the number is about 20,000, as you said before. 
And most people agree that about 70% of that 20,000 is women and children. So that would be 14,000. That means that the Israelis have killed 6,000 males. Now, those 6,000 males were certainly not all Hamas fighters. Uh, most of them, I'm sure, were innocent civilians. So let's say of the 6,000, 4,000 were civilians and 2,000 were Hamas fighters. I don't think that's the likely number, but let's give the Israelis the benefit of the doubt. That says that they've killed 2,000 Hamas fighters. Well, most people argue that Hamas had 30 to 40,000 fighters to start with. If they had 30 to 40,000 fighters and they've killed 2,000, that means they have a whole heck of a lot of fighters left. Makes sense to you, Ray? It does. Uh, now, remember, uh, John Mearsheimer is out of West Point, okay? So he knows a little bit about military affairs as well. Right. And he wrote the seminal, the seminal article in Foreign Affairs nine years ago saying the West is, is responsible for what's going on in Ukraine. Uh, I asked him at one point in an open meeting, John, uh, you're in Washington right now. Uh, has the administration gotten in touch with you? Anybody want to talk to you? And he said, and remark this, he said, no, nobody has ever reached out to me. Never, never before, not since I wrote that article, not since then, they have never tried to get in touch with me. Now, why do I make that point? I find it astounding. You would always want contrarian views if that's what you consider contrarian. I consider them the school of realism. I never knew that that was, I was a protector practitioner of the school of realism, but I fit in quite well with John Mearsheimer. Look at the facts, extrapolate some cogent uh, conclusions, and he's right not only about Ukraine, but now he's right about Gaza. It's awful. It's terrible. Those figures are valid as can be. Uh, we'll see how long this is allowed to continue. Larry, is it likely that more IDF have been killed than Hamas fighters. I know the Israelis won't release any numbers at all. Uh, Professor Mearsheimer <laughs> said he thought it was about three or 4,000. I mean, that, that's twice what he's saying is the right. number of Hamas leaders killed. And I'm not sure where he got that from. I take that back. He got it from a Hebrew language newspaper, which purported to defy the censors in, in the Israeli government. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, uh, I think the, Israel's lost at least as many as Hamas has. And Israel's in, they're, they're really not in a position to take the, these kinds of casualties. 
Um, so that's why uh, they don't have a lot of fresh troops to throw into the mix. And the fresh troops that they throw are reservists that, again, we come back to the lack of uh, proper training and uh, improper leadership, poor leadership. So yeah, Israel's got itself in a jam. And then then they continue to try to pick, you know, expand the war up north with Hezbollah. And Hezbollah is, uh, Hezbollah is very significant in terms of its ability to uh, attack Israel. So. Do you share uh, Ray's view that uh, Netanyahu is a dead man walking, politically speaking? Uh, yeah, yeah. The, and it's important to draw the distinction. Just getting rid of Netanyahu is not going to change Israeli policy in Gaza. The, the Even the liberals are supporting getting uh, exterminating the Palestinians from Gaza. So uh, people shouldn't uh, work under the... Uh, the false assumption or false belief that so, if we get rid of Netanyahu, we're going to have more reasonable policies in in Israel. That's not the case. The answer is 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 uh, is that is not the case. Ray, um, President Putin has been indicted by the International Criminal Court for the war crime of removing babies from their families. His argument is the babies were going to get killed, and we saved their lives. Uh, the ICC says this is a war crime. If President Putin is going to be indicted for that, is it fanciful to expect that um, Bibi Netanyahu, Joe Biden, Lloyd Austin, Jacob Sullivan, Antony Blinken will be indicted for war crimes as well? Or is this war crimes thing just a, just a facade that, that's not based on any sense of morality or law? Well, Judge, the, the U.S. controls uh, those kinds of courts. Uh, the influence is so pervasive that uh, if I were Vladimir Putin, I wouldn't uh, really worry very much about what's going to happen to me in a judicial sense. Now, what's needed here, Judge, and I'd just like to interject this, is a, a, an intelligence analysis unit that can tell the president, for example, what happens what happens if the Yemenis really do block access to the Red Sea? And how about the Iranians at the, uh, at the street there? You know, what, what should we expect here? And so that the people like Austin can, can kind of figure out, oh, well, okay, if we take out uh, Yemen, what then? And I see no evidence, and Larry may know better, but I see no evidence that the, the traditional kind of national intelligence estimate addressing such key issues as this has been done, or that, that Bill Burns is giving any any good advice to uh, to Avril Haines, who sits on top of him, and she preparing the PDB and the national intelligence estimates is giving to Biden. So, so unless people can come together and you know, kind of beat Biden into realizing that he's been extremely poorly advised and he needs to change course, there could be a major flare-up precisely in the Red Sea or in the Persian Gulf. Let's uh, switch over to uh, Ukraine, uh, Larry. When we first uh, began speaking on this program about the intelligence community in Ukraine, you both were of the opinion, well-grounded and, and, and substantiated by many other sources that the information that was making its way to President Biden 
was doctored and and put in a context to please his preconceived notions. It was not the same uh, data that was being ascertained from the field. Right. <clears throat> has that changed now that Ukraine has practically collapsed? Does the intelligence community recognize that it was useless to give the president uh, uh, bad, knowingly bad information? And do they now give him true information that Zelensky's government is on life support? Well, all, all I'm picking up is it's secondhand. I haven't seen it uh, directly, but it appears that the Defense Intelligence Agency has been the most egregious in presenting uh, false narratives, false hopes, uh, false assessments, that the CIA has, uh, in, at least in some sectors, has been uh, more skeptical. But uh, you don't even need to worry about what the intelligence is saying. Just, just read the newspapers. <laughs> the newspapers are a great barometer to tell you which way the wind is blowing. And, uh, you know, just this week, you saw the Washington Post. At, on, if you, you used to go to its website, and at the top, the banner headline, the second item from the left was Ukraine war. Clicked on that, got to all the Ukraine war articles. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Monday, gone. Not there. And then uh, Google put uh, an information that uh, top 10 searches for this year, Ukraine's not in the top 10 searches. Ukraine is now the forgotten stepchild. It uh, is, is no longer the priority. We, we're we're, we're going to, uh, you know, there's a syndrome called walkaway wife syndrome. We're the walkaway wife. <laughs> We're walking out on uh, Vladimir Zelensky. He's on his own. Even, even right. you know, you had Anthony Blinken saying, "Yeah, boy, we you know we don't have any more money. It's, we're sort of out. We're tapped out." Ray, is that because Israel is the priority due to uh, domestic politics, or is it because the neocons recognize that uh, Ukraine was a dismal failure? <laughs> and what's the CIA's role in this kind of a walkaway? Is the CIA reporting to its uh, or agents officers analysts reporting to their superiors forget it these guys are on life support that's what they should be doing judge whether they're doing that or not i just don't know but i know enough of the history since well since uh, bill casey and bobby gates and and all the other directors that came after them that they are very malleable and that they play the political game. And if uh, the president wants to say that Iran is working on a nuclear weapon, then they'll say that unless, unless in the rare occasion, a decent, honest manager comes in. I have one in mind who came in from the State Department to manage the latest estimate on how soon Iran could get a nuclear weapon. And the conclusion was Iran was not working on a nuclear weapon. It was unanimous and it was with a high confidence. It came in November 2007, just as Bush and Cheney were prepared with Israel to strike out at Iran. So I cite that as what I call the baby. You, you, don't, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater readily, okay? The baby is the analysis that can prevent wars. That's the only estimate that I can attest to that played a large role in preventing a war against Iran. Yeah. But 
Now it looks different. There have been no national intelligence estimates that I know of, and usually you hear about them. And, uh, you know, what are they doing? They're supporting targeteers. They're making, they're blowing up pipelines. They, you know, what is the, what is the intelligence community, what is the CIA worth anymore? Uh, I've concluded that, yeah, there's no more baby. Uh, throw, throw the whole thing out with the bathwater. Start as you, start some sort of independent analytical unit that can be as, as far as possible insulated from political influence. Do you share uh, Ray's view that it's that bad that the intelligence is almost useless because it's so politicized, Larry? Yeah, no, yeah, no. I mean, what, what what's happened is they used to keep the Directorate of Operations separate from the Directorate of Intelligence. And within the Directorate of Operations, then you've got another division where you have those case officers who go overseas to recruit human sources to give us information. That's fine. But then also in the director of operations, you've got this covert action element where the, the, they're given a task like support the war in Ukraine. We got to defeat the Russians or support the Contras or, you know, and so once these covert actions get underway, they take on a life of their own. And then the people running them are under pressure to perform so that they satisfy the political masters downtown. And then they put pressure on the analysts to shape you know, to lie or, or to fudge the intelligence. So what has happened over the last 10 years, started with Brennan, John Brennan, they fused a lot of the analytical elements with the operational elements. Now they're right in the same room. And the, the, the peer pressure to conform is enormous. And uh, that that's really what, what Ray's talking about is the covert action part of CIA needs to be eliminated, put somewhere else. You know, the government's going to always try to do that kind of thing, but keep the uh, intelligence analysis clean. Keep it out of that, where it can actually make the independent calls and give you the, the truth sometimes you may not want to hear. Here's um, a friend of Ray's, Colonel Marianne Wright, a uh, retired U.S. Army, uh, harshly critical of... Um, the way the U.S. Um, spends money uh, to fight foreign wars. It appears she's testifying before some entity in the uh, in the U.N. Cut number 11, Chris. Security right Council. now, the United States is providing weapons in two conflicts, the Ukraine-Russia conflict and Israel-Gaza. Uh, we know more, much I know much more about, because I'm an American citizen, I watch this stuff, uh, how much military equipment is being provided for, by, by my country. Uh, just uh, four or five days ago on December 7th in a press conference with uh, the UK Foreign Minister, David Cameron, uh, Secretary of State Blinken said that in the last two years, the US has provided over $70 billion to support Ukraine and European allies have provided over $110 million in weapons. Blinken said, if you look at these investments that we've made in Ukraine's defense to deal with this aggression, 90% of the security assistance we've provided has actually been spent here in the United States with our manufacturers, with our production, and that's produced more American jobs, more growth in our own economy. So this has been a win-win that we need to continue. Is this the kind of attitude, is this a, a, the kind of attitude 
uh, in the government, uh, sort of like um, I think it was Senator Mitt Romney and uh, Senator Richard Blumenthal. This is the best of all worlds. We're killing Russian boys and we're in uh, furthering American jobs and no American boys are being killed. It's so this, is this is reprehensible if true, and it appears to be true, Ray. It's a terrific investment in their view. Now, at a recent Senate hearing, every senator except one, uh, Chris Van Hollen from Maryland, emphasized that, yeah, there's a lot of money, but it's all creating jobs in your district. It's all being pumped into the military industrial car. It's a really good for us. It's, it's a really terrific investment. Every one of them made that point, and so did Biden in his most recent speech about four years ago. I mean, they used to try to disguise this kind of thing. Now they have to sort of be up in front about it so that the military-industrial complex realizes they're doing their bidding, and that has a lot to do with this. Now, yeah, that's, I'll, I'll, I'll stop there. How does the CIA budget grow from this stuff, Larry? Uh, you always identify a new threat. <laughs> you know, now, now the... Uh, the way it will be spun is now that Russia has, has beaten or is going to soon defeat Ukraine, that therefore we need to be prepared to beef up our analysis of uh, Russia's intent to invade Europe, to conquer Europe, as well as it uh, working in tandem with China to maybe conquer the world. You know, so uh, this is a self-licking ice cream cone. DOD is going to be doing the same thing. I mean, the budget's what now... $880 billion uh, by, you know, within the next year and a half will be well over a trillion. So yeah. we, 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 it's, it's, it's the more cowbell strategy. No matter what we do, we need more cowbell. Right. Yeah. Gentlemen, thank you. Go ahead, Ray. You had yeah, another I just thought. want to kind of point out that there are structural things that have happened since my tenure and actually some of them is Larry's tenure that impede uh, objective analysis. We used to have an independent media analysis group that was disbanded, given to the other people who are susceptible to political influence. We used to have an independent imagery analysis group that was given by John Deutsch to the Pentagon. And so when they were looking for WMD in Iraq, James Clapper, who headed up this unit, later admitted, you know, we found things that weren't really there. In his book, he said that, okay? And then there are other things that have happened since then. In addition to what Larry said, the operatives and the analysts working together. And what else do I have here? Yeah. Um, um, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll stop there. I had one other idea, but it escaped me. All right. You'll, it'll come back to you after, uh, after Christmas. Gentlemen, thank you. Thank you for your time today. Thanks for all the time you give us. Uh, I hope we can squeeze a roundtable in Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday of next week because this is, as you know, a fan favorite and one of my favorites as well. Merry Christmas to both of you and to your families. And Same to you, Judge. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. 5.15 today, Eastern, uh, the inimitable Max Blumenthal. Judge Napolitano for Judging Freedom.